This is a podcast from the Business Times. Singapore shares started the week in positive territory after markets in the US and Europe closed higher on Friday. The Straits Times index rose 0.2% at the open and ended the day up 0.04% to close at 3,207 points. On Tuesday, Singapore shares opens little changed, following overnight losses in Europe and a muted performance on Wall Street. The SDI edged down 0.01% at the open and closed in the red, down 0.1% to 3,204 points. At the midweek, Singapore shares opened weaker. The SDI headed down 0.1% at the open and slid 0.6% to close in the red at 3,185 points, on the back of weak economic data from Singapore and China. And on Thursday, Singapore shares opened weaker following overnight losses on Wall Street. The SDI headed down 0.2% at the open and closed after falling 1.1% to 3,150 points. It's Friday, July 7th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero. Singapore shares started trading in negative territory, mirroring the slump in global markets. The SDI was down 0.2% at the open. Here's Amelia Tan, market strategist at SGX Securities, with her overview of the trading week. In the week to date, until Thursday evening, STI dipped 1.7% as Asian stocks declined over the week due to weakened investor sentiment amid geopolitical concerns and interest rate expectations. Looking back in the Singapore market, top three outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were Singapore Post, Top Glove, and First Resources, averaging 6% gains. On the other hand, top three decliners for the week were DFI Retail Group, Semcom Industries, and Wilmer International, averaging 6% declines. In terms of institutional fund flows in Singapore across the last five sessions through to 5th July, we observed net institutional fund outflows of 20.5 million Sing dollars. Outflows were driven by SIA at 60 million, followed by Jardine Matheson and Semcorp. Largest inflows that we saw during the week were recorded in Lianbing, UOB, and Wilmer International. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were seen across industrials at 49 million, utilities at 5.7 million, and energy stocks at 5 million. On the other hand, largest inflows were seen across REITs at 12.5 million, consumer cyclicals at 11.8 million, and real estate stocks at 8.6 million. We took a look at the first half of 2023. The STI declined 1.4% in price to 3,205 points, with dividends boosting the total return of Singapore's benchmark to 1.2%. SCI's returns are in line with the FTSE ASEAN Extended 60 Index's 1% total return, with combined STI ETF AUM declining 4% to $2.1 billion. While STI's volatility for the first quarter of the year was in line with historical averages, some volatility compression in the second quarter of 2023 produced the narrowest quarterly trading range for the STI since the third quarter of 2017. STI stocks that bucked the consolidation and led the STI in the first half of 2023 included Semcorp, Keppel Corporation and SIA. Outside of the STI, actively traded stocks that booked the highest total returns in the first half of the year included Dynamec, Tianjin Pharmaceutical Tarantang Group, Delphi, Food Empire, Propnex, 
Marco Polo Marine and Samudra Shipping. From a fund flow perspective, for the first half of this year, Singapore stocks booked net retail inflows of $1.5 billion, 56% higher year-on-year. On the other hand, institutional investors net sold $2.7 billion in the Singapore market. Top retail inflow stocks were DBS, UOB and City Developments, while top retail outflow stocks were Semcorp, SIA and Genting Singapore. On the other hand, Semcorp, Genting Singapore and SIA were top institutional inflow stocks, while DBS, UOB and Singtel were top institutional outflow stocks. Yang Junyuan joins us. Junyuan, Singapore shares spent a lot of the week on the red team. Give us your take. Regional markets were mixed this week. For the five trading days ended Thursday, July 6th, Japan's Nikkei 225 fell 1.4%, while Hong Kong's Hang Seng Index shed 2.1%, and South Korea's Kospi gained 0.3%. On Monday, data from the Singapore Institute of Purchasing and Materials Management showed that the Purchasing Managers Index, or PMI, inched up from 49.5 in May to 49.7 in June. A reading below 50 reflects contraction in the manufacturing sector, while a reading above 50 indicates growth. Economists noted that the electronics segment is important for the sector's turnaround amid weak manufacturing sentiment in other regional economies. Furthermore, DBS economist Chua Han Ting said that data from the coming months will also be important to determine if the manufacturing sector has bottomed out. On Tuesday, the Urban Redevelopment Authority posted a 0.4% quarter-on-quarter contraction in overall private home prices, according to flash estimates. This was the first such contraction in three years and marked a sharp contrast from the 3.3% quarter-on-quarter rise in prices in the first quarter of the year. Still, analysts such as Edmund Tai's Head of Research and Consulting Lam Chen Woon said that while price growth momentum has softened, non-landed home prices in the core central region and outside central region continue to eke out increases. He said it is also too early to call a peak of the market cycle. RHB bank analysts noted that the price reversal was in line with expectations as government cooling measures, rising interest rates and economic slowdown weigh on the real estate sector. Still, they noted that real estate equities are trading at less than half of their revalued net asset values, even as developers see healthy pre-sales. It also highlighted city developments as its preferred sector pick. Then, on Wednesday, data from Singstat showed that Singapore's retail sales grew 1.8% year-on-year in May, but contracted 0.2% on a month-on-month, seasonally-adjusted basis. Notably, supermarkets saw a 2.2% year-on-year decline in retail sales in the same period, which could have led shareholders to be more bearish on such counters. DFI Retail Group, which owns supermarket chains Giant and Cold Storage, fell 8.6%, while Sheng Xiong shed 1.8% over the five days ended July 6th. Still to come, economic data and highlighted stocks of the week. The International News Media Association held its annual World Congress in May this year in New York, attracting leadership from news media companies in 50-plus countries and included a conference, workshops, study tours, and awards. Associate Editor, Product, The Business Times, Christopher Lim, attended as well. What did we learn? Find out in the latest episode of Editor's Talk. Proudly produced by The Business Times Podcasts team. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
And now, back to market focus from the Business Times. Amelia, disappointing data from Singapore did give investors here something of a pause this week. Could you highlight some of the most notable news, please? Of course, Clarissa. The Monetary Authority of Singapore announced that it posted a net loss of $30.8 billion for the financial year ended 31st March 2023. This is MES's largest loss ever recorded due to the effects of monetary policy tightening and was largely due to the strengthening of the Singapore dollar, offset by weak investment gains as both bond and equity markets performed poorly. The negative currency translation effect amounted to $21.4 billion, which makes up close to 70% of MES's net loss this year. Over in ESG News, mandatory climate disclosures aligned with the International Sustainability Standards Board have been proposed for all listed companies starting from FY 2025, as well as for non-listed companies with an annual revenue of at least $1 billion starting from financial year 2027. There are views to mandate reporting on private entities with an annual revenue of at least $100 million by around financial year 2030. Given we're in July, we will soon be looking at earnings season again. Late July through to August will be an important time for second-half 2023 corporate outlooks, with close to 400 stocks due to report their first-half financial year 2023 results. In the recent MES survey of professional forecasters, 67% of the respondents who provided inputs expected corporate profits to decline year-on-year in the second half of this year, while 22% of the respondents expect profits to remain stable. For the whole of 2023, 78% of the respondents expect corporate profitability to decline, and for 2024, and 38% of respondents expect corporate profitability to improve, while an equal number of respondents expect profits to decline. Lastly, while SGX listed ETFs saw 1.7 billion of trading turnover in first half of 2023, down 15% from the second half of 2022, ETFs with exposure to gold, China equities and Asian REITs saw turnover increases of up to 17%. The Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, which tracks the Hang Seng Tech Index, saw the highest first half 2023 turnover among all SGX listed ETFs. Optimism in Chinese tech firms returned in June, with higher-than-expected sales during June's key shopping festival in China. The Hang Seng Tech Index gained 7.5% in June, beating both the Hang Seng Index and Nasdaq 100 Index. Okay, Amelia, I'm going to say the name of a stock, see if you can give me an update on it. Of course. Okay, let's start with an easy one, especially since Junyan highlighted them in his roundup. City Developments. City Developments announced that it has acquired the Nine Tree Premier Hotel in Myeongdong, Seoul for 140 billion Korean won. The hotel is a 408-room freehold upscale hotel and marks CDL's second hotel acquisition in 2023 following its proposed acquisition of five-star Sofitel in Brisbane, Australia. All right, how about UOL Group? UOL Group has entered into an agreement with the owner of Hotel 81 in Singapore to sell Park Royal on Kitchener Road for 525 million Sing dollars. The property's latest valuation is at 423 million, and the sale will be this year's biggest single asset hotel transaction in Singapore and the second biggest in Asia Pacific. UOL also said that the disposal will enable it to unlock value of its investment and is part of the group's reconstitution of its overall portfolio. Mm. Comfort Delgro. Comfort Delgro announced that its indirect subsidiary has been awarded an eight year contract for an outer metropolitan bus tender in New South Wales, Australia, worth over 200 million Australian dollars. 
The contract starts in July 2024 and covers a New South Wales central coast and its surrounding areas. Okay, a sentimental favourite for me, Singapore Post. Oh, that's a good one. Singapore Post saw its shares reach a seven-week high after the Singapore government said that it will consider allowing SingPost to adjust postage rates to better reflect the cost of letter mail business. SingPost will work with the Infocom Media Development Authority to review its costs and operating model. After the news, SingPost shares rose 5.5% on Thursday's trade. Okay, just a couple more. How about ARA US Hospitality Trust? ARA US Hospitality Trust announced that it will divest its hotel Hyatt Place Oklahoma City Airport for US$8 million. The transaction price represents a 7% discount to its valuation, which was last valued at US$8.6 million at the end of 2022. ERA US Hospitality Trust's managers noted that the hotel is located in a market with declining economic conditions worsened by COVID-19 and as one of its oldest assets, it may also require sizable capital outlays relative to its value over the next few years. You know I'm trying to stump you, right? No. <laughs> Can't tell. No? Okay, one more. My last one. Soil Build Construction Group. Hmm. Soybuilt Construction Group announced that two of its units have clinched over $118 million in contracts, including those for supplying components for public housing projects. The first subsidiary, Precast Concrete, has been awarded contracts for the supply and delivery of precast components to public housing projects. Another of its subsidiary, SB Procurement, has been awarded a construction contract for building a sustainable, energy-efficient logistics facility in Singapore. Didn't get you this time. This has been Market Focus from the Business Times. I'm Clarissa Montero with Amelia Tan, Market Analyst at SGX Securities and Yongjun Yen from the Business Times News Desk. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties' products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.